Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Renee A., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 16th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 61, second paragraph, starting with, our actor is self-centered, and ending with, concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. We're sharing on that one paragraph. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Jen P., The 12 Traditions, Martha Z., and readers of the text are Monette M. and Katie G. The reference numbers for Wednesday, February 15th, are as follows. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 19,963. That's 19963. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that reference number is 19,968. 19968. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Jen? Yes, good morning, Renee. This is Jen P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. Grateful to be of service. The 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, I tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. 
Okay, I will now ask Martha Z to read the 12 traditions. Martha? Thanks, Renee. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group ought to be uh, autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overtis Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Okay, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 61, the second paragraph starting with, Our Actor is Self-Centered, and ending on the next page with, Concerned concerned with Ourselves, Our Resentments, or our self-pity, and we're commenting on that one paragraph only. I will now ask Monette M. to begin reading for us. Monette? Good morning, Renee. This is Monette M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Oklahoma. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He is like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. 
the minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave, the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations are, not most, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. And um, I am a student of this big book, and so I've been taught to look up words that I don't understand or even that I think I understand and um, to get a better understanding. And so, yeah, egocentric, it's already so self-centered, but, you know, I'm being egocentric. I'm thinking only of myself. I have no regard for the feelings or desires of others. And for me, I can, because of what I've learned from this book and from working the steps, is that that is just an area, another area of pride for me. And then protest, protestations are an act of saying something forcefully or complaining about something. And so, yes, when I get here, I certainly don't think that I'm the problem. I just think food is the problem. And I certainly don't think that I'm selfish or self-centered. And man, it starts on the bottom of page 60. They start um, building, they start driving home this idea that I am the problem, self-will, um, selfishness, self-centeredness, you know, self-centered and, and just all of that. So driving, they're trying to drive home this idea to me that I, um, that I'm selfish and self-centered and that I might be the, <laughs> that I might be the problem. And I love this. It's just like this beautiful um, crescendo, like building up to, to the beautiful um, uh, third step prayer that we'll um, read. Um, and it's just, yeah, I like I said, I remember getting here and think people, you know, sponsor, you know, trying to drive on this idea of uh, just looking at where I selfishly self-centered. And like it says, I usually, I just, you know, I'm thinking now I just have a problem with food and I just want to get a handle on this or whatever. So, um, I've come in here and just realized, you know, like, and also working the steps and doing that inventory and everything, I do get to see, um, I get to see these things, but it's, it, what it's leading me to is freedom, not to beat myself up, you know, and so many times I didn't think I was here with pride thinking I was grandiose. I suffered, I would say, make more from the self-pity, but I've been taught on pride, there's a continuum of being, you know, anytime I think I'm more than or less than you or God, then I'm on some level of pride there, you know, and that self-pity thing, morass of self-pity and being the victim. And also what I've been taught is, man, there's like, for me, there's three terms of surrender. And if I find myself, you know, at odds with anybody or anything, there's a level of surrender that I'm not at. And um, for me, the victim mentality has to go. And, um, and that is certainly a process. And, um, and then quit being a noticer, quit assigning roles, and quit keeping score. You know, that's, I'm keep, I am playing God anytime I'm doing those things. And I've got to, you know, I've got to let him be the director and I need to show up and just be the actor and read my script and report for duty. Um, I found a way of life that I never knew existed. And um, I, I am so great, you know, blessed and so grateful um, to be living in the free yeah, you know, God, God will ask me, you know, like, how free do I want to be? Um, I have to let go of control. And question is, do I want to be free? And yes, I want to be free. And um, thank you for letting me share. Mm, thank you, Mo. Appreciate it. Okay. So I'm going to take a list of names here in just a minute. But before I take that list, I'd like to remind you all that um, we, we really value your experience, um, your experience, strength, and hope. But we ask that 
um, you limit your sharing to every third day so that other people have a chance to share as well. So that means that if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, we're going to ask that you step back and let some other people have a turn. So who would like to share this morning? Julie Kay. Jason Kay. Melissa C. Rachel Kay. Julie Kay. Okay, so let me tell you who I've got. I've got Julie, Melissa C., and Rachel. Who else? Julie B. Okay, Julie, I got you. Thank you. Jamie M. Was it Jamie? Okay. I'll get I'll get Lisa that in a minute. M. Who else? Lisa. Lisa M. Got it, Lisa. We can get two or three more people. Who else would like to share this morning? Did you get Chris Jamie Steve? M? Sorry. Um, I did get Jamie M. Trisha C. Trisha. Did you get Jason, Jason K? No, Jason, I did not get you. I got you. I got you now. Who else? Thank you. Where are we reading from? Uh, hold on just a second. We're on page 61, second paragraph, starting with our actor is self-centered, and we're ending on the next page with concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. I'll tell you what, before we take more names, let me tell you who I've got real quick. I I have a Julie, and I don't know if it was Julie K or Julie B, but I've got both of you, so that'll work out. Um, I've got Melissa C, Rachel, and then either Julie B or Julie K, um, Jamie M, Lisa M, Trisha C, and Jason K. That's who I've got so far. I could probably take one or two more. Or not? Let's just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Michelle, Jill, Illinois. Michelle, and who was from Illinois? Jill, C. Jill. Okay, let's stop right there. That's a pretty long list. Um, And so, to both of the Julies, I'm not sure which of you spoke up first, and so you guys will will have to just kind of sort that out. So. Um, I have Julie, Melissa C., Rachel, Julie, Jamie M., Lisa M., Trisha C., Jason K., Michelle, and Jill C. Okay, so let's start with Julie, and I don't know if it was K or B. I think it was K. (laughs) Okay. um, Hi, everyone. I'm Julie K. I'm a compulsive overeater from Connecticut, and I felt so compelled to share this morning because I feel like I'm being hit over the head with um, God's message and it's kind of crazy because I mean concerned with self, concerned with self-pity, concerned with oh my God just so entrenched in me and resentment and I'm having an issue with work and I came home last night and I vented and 
you know, I'm redirected to my sponsor, which is the right place for me to bring it. Um, and I know that I have to get out of myself. I have to be free from this resentment and I have to stick up for myself too. Um, and so hearing this passage this morning and then also hearing, um, I have a tween daughter who plays a lot of Taylor Swift and there is a song out now called Antihero. And the chorus of this song says, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And of course, this song of the entire Taylor Swift library that she could choose from, this is the song that gets played this morning. And it is me. I am the problem. My boss is not the problem. It's me. Because I am so consumed with this resentment and self-pity and my ego. And so I feel like what I'm hearing is really, really clear this morning. It can't be any more clear. Um, when I don't pay attention to what I'm hearing, that's me taking my will back. And that's not where I sit today. So I'm going to follow the directions of the big book. I'm going to keep the program very close today um, because it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, so thank you all for giving me this opportunity. And Seneca. Thank you, Julie. Okay, next up, we have Melissa C. Melissa, you'll be followed by Rachel. Go right ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Renee. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and, you know, I read about being egocentric, and um, I'm like, what, me? I'm so, I'm so caring, you know, I'm such a good person, and um, but I look at egocentric, it doesn't mean that you don't care about the world. It means that, for me, what it means is, by the way, sometimes I am just selfish because I'm selfish. But other times, you know, I, I look at it and it's like, I just want the world and everybody in it to do what I believe is right. And then it will be utopia, right? And that doesn't sound so bad. But my big problem is I'm egocentric. So I see the world through my lens. And I see it from where I sit. Like, I have a human, finite perspective. And I look at things and I make decisions about them based on self, based on what I know. And I think my perspective is that. <laughs> you know, and then there's the whole rest of the world who has their own perspective, too. And most of them are pretty sure that their perspective is that. And, and that's where I run into trouble. And I, you know, I think, like, we're... For me, where this always seemed to come out was, like, with my family. Like, I would look especially at my daughter. I would look at my daughter. I learned so much from being her mother. I would look at my daughter and I'd be like, if only she would do what I think is right, all will be fine. Like, and then I come to find out, you know, part of my problem is I'm uncomfortable when other people around me are struggling, right? And I've come to see, you know, someone shared with me this beautiful, you know, little passage about a butterfly in a cocoon and somebody like trying to save, you know, the butterfly from, from the struggle inside the cocoon. And that's my default. My default is I see a cocoon and I want to pry it open and get the butterfly out there. And but God's got a view. God's got the whole picture. And what I come to see now is like I learned a lot from my own struggle. Like, 
you know, I wouldn't be here, guys, if I didn't have years of struggle with this disease. And it actually turned out to be like a beautiful, a beautiful path after all. And I'm finding that out more and more about my daughter who, you know, is now maturing and getting married and living in a house and that's not mine. And who have thunk it? You know, if my perspective, I would have fried that cocoon open. God knows what would have happened. Um, and uh, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, up next, um, we're going to have Rachel. Rachel, you'll be followed by Julie B. And there's a lot, by the way, you guys, there's a lot of you who I didn't get last initials. So if you wouldn't mind when you start your share, would you give us your last initial and the state you're calling from? Okay, go right ahead, Rachel. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Indiana. Can you hear me? Sure can. Go right ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Renee. Yeah, um, like, you know, uh, the previous um, people who've shared before me, the great shares before me, when I first read this, I bristled. I was like, I I am not egocentric, you know, with the examples that they give. I was like, but I'm not like the retired guy in Florida or the minister or the safe cracker. Like, I really do have it hard. Like, you don't understand if you had my fill in the blank. You know, my job, my mom, my whatever, you know, this is, this is my self justification. And, and yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about other people and, and how can it be self righteous anger if I'm right? And, um, you know, saying that out loud, of course, that's hysterical because, uh, of course, it's my point of view. Um, you know, recently I've been going through this thing at work where it's like, no, you don't understand. I have, you know, my workload is objectively more than the other people on my team and you know did some writing about it this morning was like okay what if that is right so um on page 66 a little bit ahead in this chapter it said the wrongdoing of others or you know fancied or real fancied or real even if it's real either one it doesn't matter it has the power to kill you know this self-centeredness has the power to kill. And in that instance, it's talking about resentment, but I think it basically stems from the same thing. It comes from my focus on self. And just because I see other people in the world being right fighters or, you know, being what I evaluate as egocentric, I can't afford to do that because for me, the self-centeredness is fatal. It is fatal. It's not just, oh, that's not a good way to be. You know, I have, I need to have humility because it's a good way to be. No, I have to have humility and focus on God rather than myself because that's the only way I'm going to survive because this disease, if I get it back into the food, you know, it's lethal for me. I'm a low bottom compulsive overeater. I, when I was in the food, I was suicidal. I have to let go of this self-centeredness, this egocentricism. Um, I have to focus on God and make him the center of my life rather than myself, because that is the only remedy for my incurable, fatal disease. So anyway, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel. Okay, next up, we'll hear from Julie B. Julie, you'll be followed by Jamie M. Go right ahead, Julie. 
Thank you. This is Julie B. from Ohio and uh, first time sharing on the line, but what a gift this this group is and um, and being sort of a newcomer to this group, uh, just having so much outreach. And I just wanted to really say thank you because it, it saves me from that, that deep pit. Um, I love I love this reading. Um, I love really everything in the big book, but mostly because I'm starting to replace um, the actor and most people with me and I, and um, I didn't really see it that way until another fellow pointed it out. And now it's, it makes it a totally different book now. And I can read it with totally different intention and put myself in that position. And I think about the retired businessman who lulls in Florida sunshine and just complains the whole time. And gosh, I know those kinds of people who just, no matter what's going on, they just need to point out the negative. And, um, you know, I have judgments towards those people, but I have to remember that it's not our actor who's self-centered. It's me that's self-centered and it's me that does that too. And I can take, one of the most beautiful days or one of the most beautiful um, moments and still internally even um, if not outwardly just have negative feelings about it and be in this state of just complaint. Um, luckily for program and my step work, I'm working my 10 steps and um, taking inventory and spot checks and realizing like, yeah, it is me. I'm the problem for sure. And you know, I'm I'm just really grateful for the willingness that comes um, when you pray for it, and the the awareness that can come from doing inventory and from going, okay, well, what's the issue? What does it affect? Um, you know, and then what's what's my part? And saying saying prayers along the way, and wow, the the clarity and the miracle that happens on the opposite side of the tenth step is just it's it's so incredible and I'm just so grateful for that part of, of, of program right now for myself. But um, thank you so much for let it, letting me share. Um, I really appreciate being on the line and I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. Okay, up next we'll hear from Jamie M. Jamie, you'll be followed by Lisa M. Go right ahead, Jamie. Jamie, star one, we can't hear you. Hi, sorry about that. Uh, good morning. My name's Jamie M. I live in Minnesota. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. Um, I've loved this part of the book ever since I read it 20 years ago in another program because I really do identify with the self-centered actor. Um, what I was told way back then was I was hired to be an actor, but I want to be the director. I want everybody to do, like it says here in the book, if the rest of the world would only behave, if only people would do what I think, I think the show would be great. Um, but I am concerned with myself, my resentments and my self-pity. It is almost debilitating. And the thing that was able to get me out of that to bring me some ease and comfort was the food. So I have a lot of work to do today if I want to stay recovered. And the only way that I've been able to do that is to cultivate a relationship with my higher power. Um, and this morning, I was meditating before I got on this call, and I started to think about my job again. I've been having a lot of struggles with my job and what 
salary is due me and what title is due me and what projects I should be leading and what people should think about me. And I've always identified with this <laughs> with this character and Willy Wonka, her name was Veruca Salt and she's saying, I want the world, I want it right now. And I actually said to somebody yesterday, but I'm bored now, so I need a new job. How can I possibly exist if I'm not doing all of the things that I want to do, if other people aren't treating me the way that I want to be treated? And this morning in my meditation, I just had my God voice tell me, it's going to be okay. What if it's already okay? What if it will be okay? And I think that it will be. (laughs) If I remember that voice, that still small voice that I am so fortunate to be able to be cultivating today. Um, so I really have to watch for the self, the self-centeredness, the selfishness. Um, I also get a lot of self-pity. You know, I don't have a boyfriend. What's wrong with me? What's going on? And I have to just come back to, it's okay. Everything will happen in God's time. And it all comes back to, I have to remember that I am not the director and thank God for that. So I will go ahead and pass. Thank you everybody for your service on this meeting and have a great day. Thank you, Jamie. Okay, up next, uh, we'll hear from Lisa M. Lisa, you'll be followed by Tricia C. Go right ahead, Lisa. Thanks, Renee. It's Lisa N as in Nancy. And I'm in N as in Nancy. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, <clears throat> the whole actor word really just, um, man, that stuck out or stuck out for me because I always wanted to be an actress. And I thought that I was an actress and I was living kind of life as an actress, not living life. (laughs) So I was always pretending to be somebody that I thought I should be or that I thought would be interesting or to myself, to others. I don't know. I never knew who I really was. Yet I thought I was wise and um, it was a strange thing because sometimes I would, with the self-centered egocentric thing, it would be in one direction where I would feel really like nothing. So I'd be thinking about how, you know, nothing I am. I'm not good at, as good as you. And then on the other time, other ways, I was, I was the star. <laughs> it's very strange. So um, anyway, I feel like now with this program, this place, it teaches me how to be I hear things you guys say, and it inspires me to do better and to want to help people. Um, Just to not think about myself so much. Somebody told me the other day, I I heard them say, um, and maybe it was on this meeting because I hear so many great things, you know, not to think about yourself so much. Oh, gosh, I'm going to goof this up. But in other words, um, think less about yourself and think of others more. And um, it's true. When I do that, I'm so much happier um, when I'm not thinking about myself. And there's a scene in um, The Christmas Carol on uh, the old movie Black and White, and Jacob Marley's ghost is throwing money at this poor lady holding an infant. She's in the snow and the cold, and he can't help her. And I, I always cringe at that because I, I want to be able to help people while I'm here. So I... So I can feel better. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I want to feel better about my life and what I've done. And, 
but not in an egocentric way, in a way that says, I'm not a jerk all the time thinking about myself like I used to be, honestly. So sad, so many years wasted. But um, thank you, anyway, for letting me share, and thank you for all your great shares. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, next up we'll hear from Tricia C. Tricia, you'll be followed by Jason K. Good morning, Tricia. Good morning. Excuse me. Good morning, Renee. Thank you so much for your service as usual. Um, I just love when you're on the line. And um, so I'm Tricia C. Recovered in New Hampshire, and I just, I'm so grateful for this paragraph. You know, um, the last sentence of this reading starts with, whatever our protestations. So I, so I look back right at this paragraph. I'm like, well, what are the protestations? We've got the retired businessman complaining of the sad state of the nation and the outlaw safecracker who thinks he's, society's wrong him. So those are their protestations. But what are my protestations or protestations? Like, how can I personalize this? Well, things aren't going my way. This isn't fair. I have it harder than others. I live in the Arctic Circle, practically, like, am I not concerned, that was a joke, by the way, am I not concerned with myself, my resentment, and my self-pity? Oh, my gosh. Self-pity is the worst. Like, it drives my justification to take actions that are harmful or dishonest. And isn't this just what self wants to justify what I'm after? Like, don't I just want justification for the things that I want? So if I look, I just decided to look, I was looking down this page. Do you know how many times in just this one page it says self? I counted 10 and I assume there are more that I missed, but self-pity, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-delusion, self-seeking, self, another self-pity, decisions based on self, self-will run riot. I mean, holy cow, that is me all day long. And you know what? I live in a ton of fear. Honestly, I have a lot of fear, and it's driven by self. Uh, you know, one of my favorite speakers, he says, you know, there's self driving me around all day. You know, when we're getting driven around. I'm driven by self. And guess what? Here's the worst one of the self for me is self-reliance. I see a problem, and I, it's, I have this crazy big fear about it. And I throw Trisha at it. I'm like, let's go. Let's attack this thing. I'm throwing Trisha at this problem. That's self-reliance, and that's my addiction. And that is how I set the ball rolling. You know, my sponsor said to me last night, she's like, girl, you have a step three problem when it comes to this. I'm like, heck, yeah, I do. Because what, what's the solution? What, what's the only solution for self-reliance? It's God-reliance. I need to trust God. And then rely on God. Do I trust and rely or I just try to fix things all day with me? It doesn't work. And so I just pray all day, God, set aside me and less of me and more of you. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tricia. Okay, up next, we're going to hear from Jason Kay. Jason, you'll be followed by Michelle. Go right ahead, Jason. Good morning, this is Jason Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic from outside Philadelphia. And yeah, thank you for everybody for being on the line and our previous shares. And, and you know, this is step three. Bill is giving us lots of things to consider. He does this between pages 60 and 63. And he's saying things like, 
a life, we must convince that a life lived on self-will can hardly be a success. And I think this paragraph starts to look at what, what does that mean specifically? And he talks about these different examples of, you know, a minister who sighs at the sins of the 20th century lolling in the Florida sun. Is that me? No, I'm not there. I'm not uh, an outlaw safe cracker, at least uh, not in this lifetime. So we have, so for me, like what about this paragraph strikes me as what are our, our personal protestations? Do we see that we're self-concerned and self-consumed? Um, we're concerned with our own story. And I think these, these, this step, step three, is a step of consideration. We have to be convinced. Where do we become convinced? In our own might, uh, in our own mind, in our own heart. We become convinced. And then we say this third step prayer. Uh, if, if this isn't resonating for us, if this isn't um, feeling really clear, wait a minute, and you're going to start writing a four-step inventory. And it's going to, for me, that became clear in like 4K Ultra HD how selfish I was. And, and mine were a lot about the people that I cared about and what they should or should not do. And I thought I knew better, and I had a script for every single person. I was trying to be the director, and when people didn't follow my script, I had burning deep resentments and deep despair and deep discouragement um, because life was not going the way that I thought it would be. So we're going to see this in step four after we say this prayer, the third step prayer, and make this decision. We're going we're gonna to draw this out into technicolor. For now, we're just kind of considering maybe, maybe, you know, and we have to look at our life. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're not in the right here. Maybe we're not living a good life because where's, where have we ended up? We, we have a, a deep step one experience. We've tried to live life based on our own morals, our own things. We keep falling down face first in the food. Um, and if you're like me, you were a, a lonely, discouraged, depressed, maybe even suicidal like myself. And here we are. Maybe, maybe. A life run on self-will will not be a success. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you, Jason. Okay, up next, we're going to hear from Michelle. Michelle, I did not catch the first initial of your last name. Uh, Michelle will be followed by Jill C. Go right ahead, Michelle. Good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Michelle P. from Rhode Island, a gracefully recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, yeah, so whatever our prestations are, not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. Um, and I have written in my book near this, everybody is self-centered, but as an addict, our self-centeredness takes us to the extreme. And that is definitely my experience and even in my recovered state. So when I first came into program and did my first fourth step inventory, before that I was always like, uh, this this isn't me, I'm not self-centered, I'm not considered myself, you know, I'm a mom of three kids, I give everything I have, like look at me, I don't even do my hair or whatever most days. But then when I looked at my inventory, as other people have said, I saw where all of my actions, even around my children, were to get myself looked in a certain way, you know, to be a good mom, to be a good wife, and look at her. Doesn't she keep her kids clean, the house clean, and she works, and she's this. Totally self-centered. So 
I cleared that out in my multiple, you know, four-step inventories I've done over the years. But um, that does not change who I am. And it just glaringly showed up to me because, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, um, my job, and a lot of us have mentioned how this shows up in our jobs, my job had me go to a meeting at a restaurant, and then it had me participate in a training for a day and a half. And the first day on Tuesday, I came home and I was utterly like physically exhausted. And I was like, geez, all I did was sit all day. All they did was talk to me all day. The speaker didn't say anything interesting to me. This person doing the training, you know, did this, you know, bleed, didn't give us enough breaks and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get enough water and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I did my inventory that night where I saw all of myself show up. Like all I cared about was myself and my comfort that day. That's why I was exhausted. So luckily for my, you know, doing my nights, my nightly inventory, I saw that. So yesterday I showed up different. I brought God, my higher power, into every aspect of the day. When I felt myself, you know, getting concerned on my needs and this isn't entertaining me and blah, 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 I started to pray for the speaker. I started to pray for everyone that was in the training with me. Um, And my ego still popped in. Like I went for a walk and my, you know, gave us 20 minutes for lunch. And I was like, geez, that's not enough. I need to go for a walk and I want to heat up my food and blah, blah, blah. And I was out for my walk and I had changed from my, you know, my cute boots and the outfit that I had on to my sneakers. Gentle reminder. Yes. And I only had a few minutes left. And so my mind was like, oh, you got to put your cute boots on so everybody thinks you're you're good. And then my God came in and said, no, break down your ego, your ego, keep your sneakers on, go in, sit down, get your lunch, because that's what you need to do. Um, And thank you. Thank you for letting me share today. Thank you, Michelle. Okay, up next we'll hear from Jill C. And after Jill, we'll take a short new list of names. Go right ahead, Jill. Can you hear me? Sure can. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Jill C. from Illinois. I am a recovering overeater and restrictor. Um, Thank you for uh, allowing me to share this morning. I'm getting back in the program after my ego thought better of it and uh, tossed it all out of the window in December when I thought, you know, self-centered, my ego, I knew better. I knew how to control things. Everything was uh, spiraling from my kids to my family, and I couldn't, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to log my food. I didn't have time to talk to my, my, my sponsor. I didn't have time to call in. You know, I know how to do this. I need to control the situation um, because I thought I knew better. And that landed me where everybody can guess where it landed me. Uh, two months later, miserable, depressed, um, in a worse place than when I started program uh, initially. So um, I just want to jump on this morning and say, you know, our ego can get in the way of a lot of things. And I think my ego got in the way of program. Um, you know, part of me, even though I was working through all the steps, part of me always kind of felt like I knew how, I know this better. I know how to put my food plan to, together better. Um, I don't, I don't have to call people every day. I don't have to get into a meeting on the weekends when I have two incredibly active girls who are here, there and everywhere. I, it's okay if I don't make it into a call when I really needed to make it into a call or a meeting. So I think that, um, 
we not only is it my ego, it's it's you know uh, a lot of different things um, that come into play with that ego. Uh, I also like to be able to control the situation. Um, I, I love being the director. I know we've talked a lot about being the director this week, and um, when people don't act or people don't do the things that I think we're going to be doing, I love to plan a good day. And when everybody doesn't participate in that day the way I envision it, it is a bad day because I know how to make this a great day. And darn it, um, you guys didn't do that. And that can lead into a really dark, dark place. Um, And also, I think people really struggle to share things with me because I immediately jump to how it impacts my life. Well, you've you've done this and now this is how how, uh, this impacts me. And I don't stop to think about what they are going through and what they're facing, it goes right to how it impacts me. So I I apologize if I'm all over the place uh, sharing this morning, but uh, the long and short of it is I'm grateful to be back um, here on this call. I'm I'm grateful to be back in program because uh, my ego landed me in a very dark place and it has taught me that I absolutely... General reminder... And uh, that is all I will share, and I'm glad to be back in program. Thank you. Glad you're here, Jill. Okay, real quick, let me tell you where we're sharing before I take a new list of names. Be a short list. Um, So we're on page 61, the second paragraph, starting with, our actor is self-centered, and ending with, concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. We're going to comment on that one paragraph only. And please remember, we love to hear from you, but if you've shared on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, would you hold back uh, and let some other people have a turn? Probably got room for about three people. Who wants to Vasa. share? Vasa. Oh, Sarah M. M. Gotcha, Vasa. Sarah M. From Sarah. Sarah. Awesome. What's the last one? Who C? Amy G. Hold on just a second. Who was the C? Hmm. Okay, I missed that. I've got Vasa and Sarah. Joanne P. Joanne. How about one more just in case? Amy G. I, I can't. I, it was R, and I can't remember, I, or I can't hear the R. Rosa, R. I don't. Is it Nosa? Rosa, R O S A. R O S A. Got it. Okay. All right. Vasa, would you go ahead and share with us, please? And you'll be followed by Sarah. Thank you. Thank you, Renee, for your service. I'm Vasa, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And uh, I remember when I read this paragraph. The actor may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest, and self-sacrificing. And that was me. And I said, yeah, that's me. That's me, you know. And then the second part says, on the other hand, he may be mean, egotistic, selfish, and dishonest. So I needed to look at that part. I had to... Um, I had to look up a lot of words because English was my second, is still my second language, but it's much better since I came in recovery because all the reading and looking up and stuff, my it's much better. So, yeah, I said, 
egotistic? What does that mean, selfish? I needed to go to a lot of meetings and identify what it means. And I was uh, um, the... I I loved, I pretended through my life, you know, and uh, I wanted to be an actress. I really, really, I wanted to be an actress, but the reason was because I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be recognized, and I wanted to be clapped. I wanted people to clap and and to show how good I was. And uh, and I've been able to get all those things in the program. Uh, to be an actor, I remember hearing stories it's a lot, a lot of work to be an actor. Well, I decided to put the time and energy into my program, and I had acting, acted through my life anyways without even me knowing I was an actor. So it is by the grace of God I've been able to look through the, you know, I'm like a diamond, you know, there's many sides on the diamond, and I needed to look on the, on the sides that were not serving me any purpose any longer the egotistic, selfish, dishonest, and uh, I, I did not know what I did not know. And it's like, the, you know, we are in Florida now, and it said, like, you know, the clergyman goes to Florida or whatever, and they complain about the weather. Uh, my attitude has changed over the years, you know. I thought I just needed to put the food down. Why would I have to go through all this stuff, you know? Well, in order to be healing and getting healthier and and more sane, I needed to do the rest of the steps. So that's what I'm doing, and it is working. So I, you know, I'm just so grateful to be in the program and to work through all this stuff, the resentments, the worries, fears, anxieties, and it is by the grace of God. It's gone little by little. It comes back General sometimes. General reminder. I'll wrap it up. It depends what's going on in my life, but I keep working my program. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, up next we'll hear from Sarah. Sarah, you'll be followed by Joanne. Go right ahead, Sarah. Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, Sarah M. from Massachusetts. Um, so grateful to be on the line and have the opportunity to share. Um, so when I first came to read this chapter, you know, it really spoke to me or convicted me. Um, you know, when it came down to it and I got honest, it was always all about me you know, how I perceived everything in this world and didn't you see it the same way I did? You know, so I, you know, I have a pretty decent life, um, but I could only see what wasn't right. I spent so many years blaming, complaining, negative thinking. You know, it was all, someone else was always the cause of my troubles. You know, the old uh, if only, you know, this one would do that, then I'd be happy. Or if only that one would stop doing that, you know, then I would be happy. Um, so happily for me, working these steps has really changed uh, my life for the better, my outlook on life. Uh, you know, whenever I have a disturbance, you know, uh, the possibility of lapsing back into those old behaviors of blaming, negative thinking. I do a 10 step. Um, the 10 steps, I think, save my life every day. You know, honestly, I can pretty quickly see uh, it's all about me and that as soon as I start doing the 10 step, it goes back to self every time. Um, I find the 10 steps so comforting because 
immediately it starts to point out the fears underlying everything, the dishonesty in my thinking, um, my selfishness, my wanting to run other people's lives. Um, you know, and I can ask God to remove it because he is the answer for me. God is the answer. He's my solution. I'm asking to remove it, and then I move on with my day, you know, and I stay out of those soul-crushing resentments that used to rule my life. They rule my day all day long. Stay in it for, for days, you know, a resentment. I'm not there anymore, and I'm really grateful for that, you know, and as a result, I feel, I'm feeling a neutrality to the food that, you know, is hard to believe at times. And I'm, I'm actually astonished. Um, so I'll just wrap up with that. And I just want to shout out to the group me fellows that have helped me on my journey. Um, thank you for picking up the phone and just being there. Really grateful. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, up next we'll hear from Joanne. Joanne, go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. I'm Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. and so thankful to be here, so thankful for all of you and your shares, and so thankful for this book. Wow, this paragraph. Um, yes, I was so self-centered <clears throat> and egocentric when I came into this program, and I didn't even know it. It wasn't until, um, yeah, when I took that third step, I was like, relieve me of the bondage of self. Wow. It was all about me. And, yeah, that was such a humbling um, point in my program to really ask God to take, you know, relieve me of the bondage of self and take away my difficulties that I could be of service and now here I am trying to practice these principles in my daily affairs and learned that um, self-centeredness that self-pity you know or my resentments things just aren't happening the way they should be you know and I forget that I have to commit my life to God I have to um, just surrender everything and trust that um yeah, that God is going to keep me uh, disciplined and not not go back into my trying to run the show, me trying to have things happen the way I think they should happen. Um, it's my responsibility, really, to, to lean in on God and to um, practice all these principles in all my affairs. And so... I don't know, this paragraph just says to me. General reminder. So, yes. And so I thank you all for listening. Thank you for the opportunity to share. And um, thank you all for your shares and your service. That I pass. Thanks, Joanne. And Rosa, I am really sorry that we're not going to get to you. I hope that you can stay on and share after the break. Um, all right, I want to say thank you to everyone who who shared this morning. I hope you'll join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, Thursday, February 16th. That share ID number is 19,970-19970. 
We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Katie G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yep, hang on one second. Sure. Sorry, guys. All right. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.